Hi! Thank you for joining us at the dinner table. Before we begin, I'd like to disclaim that the opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the state news, and that we reserve the right to change our opinions at a later date. Thank you for listening! Welcome back to the Dinner Table Podcast. This week, we're talking about originalism, which has re-entered the political lexicon with the recent appointment of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Case, what's originalism? All right, so originalism is the political belief, especially when it comes to judicial politics, that the Constitution should be interpreted almost literally like we really shouldn't be adapting the constitution all that much to fit like the modern world okay yes and like a lot of problems arise with this because the constitution is not very clear it uses terms that are very much like the bible very interpretive so it's hard to like would you say like it's hard to really like say that there is one way that the constitution is speaking on most things yeah and actually you're going to be so proud of me for this one i did i did a little bit of homework going in and i actually read the constitution like i just read oh wow i am proud of you yeah like i found a little pocket version no thank you Not not a big deal it was pretty short it was way shorter than i thought but yeah the um the constitution like Besides the preamble, all it really talks about, and I'm definitely generalizing here, is just the system of the three branches of government. Okay. Like, the majority of it is just like, all right, so there's going to be a legislature branch, and it's going to have two different houses, the House of Representatives and the Senate. They're going to serve for this long. They'll get reelected, all of this. And it's just, it's just a lot of, like, logistics of how each branch should work. And with that... There's there's some some issues arise because a lot of what we think as being the constitution and being constitutional isn't always that like isn't always just like written out in the constitution. It's not like some end all be all. Thing. Yeah, like the constitution defines what the courts should not the courts, but like or am I right? Like what the branches are, but it doesn't tell you like what certain laws should be like. Or I guess maybe I'm confused in defining this, but. Does that kind of make sense? Like, yeah. Yeah, it totally does. And, like, of course, like, we're not, like, political theorists or even, like, political science majors, so it's kind of hard to say exactly. But, I mean, like, if you even think about it, like, the what we think of as the major role of the courts in our country is to just interpret the law, right? Like, they're supposed to interpret the Constitution. Yes, exactly. But they didn't, the Constitution doesn't even give them that power. Uh- <laughs> Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, in the early 1800s, there was this uh, Supreme Court case called Marbury versus Madison. And I'm pretty sure the Madison in question is James Madison. And um, anyways, it was like they had some like these two dudes just had a beef and the Supreme Court got to it. And then they pretty much settled the beef. But they also found randomly enough, they decided in that court case that from then on, the Supreme Court was the their job was to interpret the constitution the constitution doesn't even tell them that they are supposed to it's that court case just decided that oh by the way like these two dudes had an argument and we settled the argument and on top of that we from now on get to interpret the constitution okay so without that you're telling me that okay no if 
Amy Coney Barrett, who is an originalist, really truly believes in originalism. She would have no power to interpret that she <laughs> believes in mm-hmm. originalism. <laughs> you're thinking. You're thinking I'm right th- on the nose. <laughs> Thank you. I, I set you up for that one. Yeah, I, kinda, <laughs> yeah, I said totally, one plus right? one equals two. <laughs> yeah, I was like, here is one, here is one. You're like, I see it too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, or... um. Or also this whole idea that we, and we're definitely leaning on the side of, like, we're totally kind of bashing originalism, so we should probably eventually get towards some perks of it or whatever, but, like, the idea that the the Constitution should be written, at, written as is, like, there's a whole section of the Constitution that's just about changing the Constitution, like the <laughs> amendment system. <laughs> And also, like, the Bill of Rights, the whole point of the Bill of Rights is that it was added afterwards. Interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like here's the perfect example. So a lot of originalists are, like, they're very... Like, for example, they use originalism to defend the Second Amendment, right? The right yeah. to bear arms and form a well-regulated militia, right? Yeah. Because they're like, they're like, oh, we want to take it literal interpretation. That's what the Constitution says. But that's in an amendment. That's not in the Constitution. It was added to the Constitution as- after it was ratified, correct? Correct. You know what else was added to the Constitution later as an amendment? Banning alcohol. Banning the drinking... Temperance. Like, banning the drinking of alcohol. Yes, prohibition. So at the time that that was enacted, it had equal power in the Constitution to owning a gun, right? Yeah. And then later, we pass an amendment canceling... <laughs> that alcohol law like clearly we can drink alcohol now yeah yeah yeah. so by the same logic you could easily get rid of the second amendment with the constitution yes okay i i see what you're doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. there's some holes there's some holes in originalism yeah i mean so like you said let's talk about how each of the parties use originalism to their benefit because I listened to that podcast you sent me by Today Explained by Vox, and they're really talking about how both sides use it. It's not just, I mean, we're really attaching it to Amy Coney Barrett because um, of the recent news with her in the Supreme Court, but that does not mean that it's just for Republicans. Yes, it is also used for Democrats. And do you have like some good examples? Ooh, for the Democrats, I'll have to think a little bit. But, um, yeah, the Republicans definitely use it to defend um, gun rights. But I know Antonin Scalia, the um, who's recently passed, I think he passed in the mid-2010s or something like that, was also an originalist. He was a very famous originalist. And he supported um, the right to bear arms and the literal interpretation of the Constitution. Um, I know a lot of... Democrats use the Constitution as a tool to, um, like, get away with... Oh, here's, like, a really good example I can give. Um, So you know how, like, the Senate has to meet a certain amount of time and, like, they can't just, like, leave randomly? Yeah. Like, duh. Like, there's rules in the Constitution that says, like, okay, like, the, the Senate can't adjourn for more than three days without, like having like permission or something from the executive branch yeah they can't just like not show up so currently and i believe this was something that was first done by the democratic party 
was if sen if the Senate just wants to take a vacation, they'd pick one member of the Senate, the youngest or like the most junior member, just to hang around the Senate while they all go on vacation. And every three days, go in, start a meeting, and then immediately end the meeting. So that way, there technically was a meeting, so they can all just like take these long vacations. Oh wow! And they do it every August. <laughs> it's classic. Yeah, like that's that's using the Constitution and like finding a loophole in it to get what you want. Because yeah, technically you can't take more than three days off, but if you have some random dude starting and then ending a Senate meeting every three days. Yeah. Yeah. Then it works. I mean, okay, yeah, so I'm getting the benefit of originalism, you know? Because, I mean, mm -hmm. and originalism is kind of like the word organic. Like, you put it on there, and it sounds like you're being, like, it's the best way, or it's, like, very classic and very healthy. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just another way to say that it's, like, I guess organic isn't like this, but it's basically, originalism is also basically just the same thing as not originalism because originalism you use it to like make loopholes and you interpret the law still mm -hmm. yeah you just are interpreting it in a way that you think is original <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's original like i doubt the founding fathers would have been really cool with the whole uh senate debacle that's going on where they can just like take all those days off yeah Hundred percent. Like if it was original, if it was really like an an original, um, like if the real goal was to like think what would the what would the founders do in the situation? I bet they'd be real pissed about a lot of the stuff that we let our government get away with. One hundred percent. Yeah. It's um, it's funny. I I'm liking like, because Case really brought this up to me. He said I'm very passionate about about this topic, originalism, and I'm like. I've never heard of this. It was brand new. Sent me, like, a lot of homework. Like, th like a good three hours worth. So, <laughs> did I watch all three hours? That's probably not. Probably not. But I did listen to the Today Explained podcast, which is 27 minutes. I did, <laughs> I did set aside some time for that one. For you. But I'm liking the topic. That's what you get for teaming up with an edu with an education major to, to oh, make a podcast. God. You get homework. <laughs> so true. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me more. What else? Okay, here's my big thing, and I know this is huge right now with originalism. Is there's rules in the Constitution about what you should do with slaves. Oh. So if we really want to be original with it. Yeah, then we'd have slaves? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, because there's an amendment that oh. makes slavery illegal. Legal, yeah. But also, right, like, right, right. the Constitution made it so that anyone was in, who was enslaved counted as only three-fifths of a person. Oh, yes, yes, true. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't directly say it. Here, let me pull out my pocket Constitution for this one. <laughs> so. Did you get this for free, or did you purchase I this? I got it at a garage sale. I picked it out. I think it was actually free. Oh, well. Yeah, you know. Um, it doesn't... So nowhere in the Constitution, besides the amendments, does it actually say anything about um, slavery. Like, the word slave is never used. But they okay. low-key, like, definitely, like, allude to it, if that makes any sense. Yes, like, if you were to interpret the law, 
mm-hmm. you would yeah you you would derive this meaning yes yeah so here's the, here's the actual quote it's um representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons. So pretty much, like, count all the people that are free and then are just, like, chilling or whatever, and that's just your census, and that's the people you can base how many representatives you get off of, including those bound to service for a term of years, and excluding Indians who don't pay taxes, and three-fifths of all other persons. So pretty much what they're saying is, is that any free person counts in the census, and so do those people that are bound to service only for a certain amount of time. So it's like, okay, yeah, like, if you're an indentured servant, you still count as a person, even though you're indentured to somebody. Um, and uh, you, but, but they exclude Native Americans who don't pay taxes and three-fifths for all other persons. And there really isn't any all other persons when they wrote this besides slaves. They just didn't really want to, like, say slaves. Wow. So, yeah. Like, yeah. not even in our amendment system. And literally, like, that it, that's probably, like, the sixth paragraph of our Constitution. It says that if you are a slave, you only count as three-fifths of a person, at least in the eyes of the government. And so how do you feel about that? It's just so cracked up. I don't know. It's just so garbage. Like... Like, of course, like, times were different and all that, but the idea that we're supposed to be taking this literal interpretation of it is just, like, I barely take a literal interpretation of, like, something that was written in, like, the 1950s, because it also is full of, like, weird, racist, sexist... I don't know why people are so protective of the exact language that the Constitution has. I think you can bend the language and you can bend some of the determinations of it without losing the sense of like freedom and liberty equality that it's pushing for yeah i totally get that that's like it's like i feel like people that don't believe in evolution also believe in originalism because things can't change you know yeah every like the past is is so great and it's like if you think that the past is as good as it's gonna get then like you must be so sad <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. You must be like, because the world is changing and like evolving toward the best. Yeah, if the world yeah. peaked before you existed, that, like if you thought that, that the world hit its golden age and you weren't there for it. <laughs> like, like why you, yeah, you must be depressed. Yeah, you must, you must be, be hell. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe conservatives are all just really depressed. No, they're they're just sad. Yeah, they're just sad. They're, then they smile and it goes away. Oh, that's totally how it works. There's a lot of like talk right now. Like I know um James Madison College, a lot of the people, especially the progressive groups in their college are trying to change the name because a lot of like modern social justice people and like political people like really want to separate themselves from the founding fathers since a lot of them own slaves. And even those that didn't own slaves, like, did some, like, questionable shit that wouldn't fly today. What do you think about that? Do you think that we, like, need to separate ourselves more from the people that wrote the Constitution of our country because of they might be problematic? Huh. Um. Yes, I agree with it. 
I think if people are problematic and they're in like represent like being like James Madison is amazing and therefore we named the school after him but really he was like just a white man with privilege that put him in that spot it's not really fair like it's not really he didn't deserve he didn't earn his spot really he just kind of was given it because of his privilege mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I guess I, I guess I struggle with that because I'm so torn between both sides a little bit because like I, th- I think about it like our constitution is like super made up of a lot of like like classical philosophical theories right like a lot of like like anybody who had the ability to write a document like this at the time in which they wrote it had to have been like super 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 well educated and like speak latin and speak greek and spend like so much time learning about the classics because otherwise all of these like themes of morality and liberty and uh and um rights that are granted to you not by your government but by the fact that you are just a human like those kind of ideas can only really be known by like privileged white guys at that time because they were the only ones who had rich enough parents to be able to send them there. Because all the other people that when they were in school learning that probably had to pick up either an apprenticeship or work for their family. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, yeah. oh, if this document were to exist, like the only way it could exist was if it was written by these kind of people. Which is sad and fucked up, but also like... Peasants didn't know enough about freaking classical philosophy to write it. Yeah, but I think at this point, like, crediting them is just irrelevant. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so tr- That's so true. Yeah, because, like, one thing I really loved, there was a, there's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr., and I think it was in his I have a dream speech but I'm not certain where he says like he's like I'm here to cash out the the check on uh everybody's inalienable right like the constitution gives every person rights that they say was endowed to them by their creator he's like I'm here for that I'm here I'm here to check that out and like that's what I love about it is it's like it's like the constitution at the at the base of it is like yeah like everybody's equal everybody should have equal opportunity and we like be able to pursue whatever you want in life and like that's so cool but then right at the end of it there's these little sprinkles of like white privilege racism institutionalized slavery and it's like it's kind of been our job as like new Americans and not becoming Americans to sort of like sweep off the dust on the document and like get to the base of like, yeah, everyone, every single person, uh, at no matter race, religion, gender, sexuality, whatever, like you have equal rights and they're granted to you by the sake of just being a human, not because your government says you have them. Yeah. And that would be like using the, like that would be utilizing originalism for the liberal like party oh yeah i never really thought that as like a uniquely liberal issue really like i guess i I just assume i guess just assume all americans want all other americans to be treated equally it's kind of sad that that's such a like liberal thing to believe yeah no it is sad it it's sad to say that like 
equality is like not what everyone's going for which is like it's so oxymoronic to say that like oh like i love equality everyone's equal but not those people like what yeah what what like that's not equality then dude that's just my people and no one else you know what i mean yeah selective equality can't exist no that's that's redundancy exactly or yeah or not even redundancy it's uh i don't know what's the opposite of redundancy (laughs) (laughs) undundancy undundancy i don't know Tessa, I have a, I have a fun question for you, uh, 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 a thought to, to think about. Okay. If you were at the Constitutional Convention, and by the way, I imagine you would like like a fake beard to blend in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What what would you um. What what rules would you want to add at the, at the base, if you could add anything, or if you could like add an amendment or something? Like, what what do you think should be a universal rule in our country? Um, equal rights for trans people mm-hmm. and more implementing pronouns because I do get misgendered very often, which makes sense, but it does annoy me mm-hmm. because, yeah, I like I'm very femme presenting, so like I can understand why people call me she, her, but like at work, a lot of people do it, like at my Whole Foods job. And mm-hmm. I have a name tag that has they, them underneath it. So it's like, it's like, bro. Bro. It's right there. Bro. I need you to get it. But I think, like, that would be kind of nice. I'm always on the trans rights. Yeah. That's, I always think about that, like, how one could enforce that. Um, I think they could start with letting trans people join the army, the military. Because I know actually a lot of trans people that want to, like, there is, like, a community there, and, which is, like, interesting, but, like, I don't know why they don't let them, like, it's very weird. I didn't even know that. I thought that when they let, um, gay people, or I guess it's just say homosexual, because gay is kind of an umbrella term now, um, join yeah. the military, that, that also, I just assume that included trans people as well. I don't think so. I still think that they are anti-trans people. But maybe it's changed since I've known. Well, I mean, there's already still so many issues with, like, even letting women into the military. I mean, like, there's a lot of instances of, like, just, like, rampant sexism. And and I don't want to speak on it entirely because I bet there's lots of people that are women in the military that feel incredibly respected. But, I mean, like, there's a lot of horror stories about, like, like sexual assault in the military on women and stuff and violence against women yes 100 percent. oh not good what about you what would you implement what would i add i have some crazy political theories sometimes i don't even know where to put them half the time i'm like am i a socialist or am i like a freaking i don't even know but um one thing i think is crazy that i don't think a lot of people know is that income tax the ability to have an income tax is an amendment to the constitution okay like it's 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 sort of a new thing income tax but like when people think about taxes the first tax they think about is income tax yeah like we don't really see a government without it but in reality we went a long time without income tax and of course our economy was different then but like so you're saying you'd remove 
low-key, oh god, I'm probably gonna get so much hate for this, <laughs> but I would, like, I don't think, I wouldn't know if I would remove it, but I, something rubs me the wrong way about taxing people's labor, when so much of the money that's made in this country is made off of investments and capital investments, of which no labor is taking place. Yeah, okay. Like, if I think, think of it like this, like, if there's some dude, right, and he's like a super hard worker and he works his whole life and he saves up all of his money, right? And yeah. he puts all that money into a trust where pretty much he can set up a trust fund for his kids, right? Mm-hmm. Those, yeah. So those kids every year just make all the money that they live off of is just whatever interest that money that his their parent stored away has right yeah and let's say the same thing happens where you have another guy who also works really hard but instead of saving it he he doesn't save it he doesn't invest it and then that guy has a kid and so both of these kids are the same age but one of them is handed this huge trust fund and the other one has to work for a living right yeah we're, we're taxing the kid who's working more yeah <laughs> And, like, even though you can make the argument of, like, well, one of them's parent was a lot smarter and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, but I don't know. I don't want to live in a country where our capitalism and our market is determined like freaking monarchies. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost anti-capitalist to, like, have a system in which you can save up so much money that your kids can live off of it for generations. Yeah, because then... Because no work well, is being done. Yes, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I can see that. And so, yeah, like, why is the majority of our income coming in from work? I mean, it's also payroll tax. You know what I mean? Like, the, the having people on your payroll. Like, we tax... Why do we tax so much the hardest thing to do when there's things out there that are easy to do if you have a lot of money and could bring us so much money? Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I accidentally... I painted my nails while we were talking, and mm-hmm. I accidentally totally fucked up one. <laughs> multitasking, Sorry, multitasking. Oh my multimedia god. Multimedia editor, multitasking. This is kind of turned into this has turned into Case's mildly socialist rant. I like the rant. <laughs> oh my god. Um, That's what happens when I pick but, the discussion. Yeah, but I do think this is where we must wrap up. Originalism is, I would say, is it ethical? No. I would I would say it's ethical so long as you're staying to the true root of it, of that the idea that we get our freedom and we get our right not from our country, but from the fact that we just already have it, like it's inalienable. But if you start want to be originalist, like, oh, yeah, like, like, who cares Thomas Jefferson had slaves? He was a cool guy. Like, <laughs> no, like that, that originalism's bad. Yeah, I think originalism is just not ethical because it is, like, it's just a dumb phrase. Like, it's just, like, the phrase, like I said, organic. Like, it's just, it's like just putting a fancy word on what you do already, but you're just making it so that you're allowed to use it to your advantage. So I think it's just a little goofy, a little silly. Okay, well, thank you all for listening this week. Next week, we'll have another good one, so definitely tune in. Yeah, Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and respond to what we said or give us topics uh, to talk about. Um, I'm at Osborne Tessa. Mm -hmm. And And I'm at... 
I think deconing case. Yes, deconing D E K O N I. Okay, I can't spell. I follow Tessa. Just look me up in the followers. (laughs) Okay. All right. See you guys. See ya. Bye.